2: Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And right over here, we have Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane?
3: I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. Good. Just getting lots of stuff done. We're It's gray outside today, but it's a nice cool break we've been having the warmth, so. We
3: we're stuck in in rain. <laughs> <laughs> rain. that's okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to rain this evening and then probably all day tomorrow, they said. So. That's
3: no, so it's all good. Um, But I thought we'd weigh in on, on a topic that seems to be Uh-oh.
2: hot. Uh-oh, hot we're weighing in. That in means the there are soapboxes here.
3: Yeah, well, no, I'm not going to get soapboxy. I just don't feel that we're doing our duty as a media. <laughs> I cannot turn on media anything without seeing Obama. Yeah. And I... I gotta say, like it's really comical to me that almost every person that I've heard, um, reporter, and desk jockey say anything from the Canadian newscasts. Um, basically, the first thing out of their mouth is, "It's a really hot topic in the U.S." It's like guys, you've been reporting on it for 2 days. Apparently it's a pretty hot topic again. <laughs>
2: yeah, if it wasn't before, it is now. <laughs> well, I suppose he's, you know, he's finally sort of coming out of the box on his race thing since we've gotten down to one Republican, so.
3: I think it's awesome. And I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of hoo-ha around it. Is he saying it just to get votes? But I don't well, know. Cuz he did,
2: you know, that happened the first time, but I think that one of his purposes in life may have been to demonstrate that the most free thinking, progressive thinking person in the world can get elected president of the United States and the pressures that are on him from that first day, he can't do those things he said.
3: Yeah, I really and, I really feel like he had the best intentions, you know. Oh I know he did. I, I, I,
2: I know
3: there's there's a lot of talk in the conspiracy circles about You know, he was sent there and he was set up and blah, 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 blah. But I think he really had the best intentions. And I think that if the people of the states at this point stood behind him and told him flat out, we will back you if you get us out of this mess. If you take the chance and you fight against, you know, the people that are causing these problems, we will back you. I think he'll make some some massive changes, but he needs the public support.
2: Yeah. And the people and, need
3: to stand up and tell them that they're ready. He kind
2: of needs to get past this second election. It's the problem with this corporate money thing.
3: Well, uh, I think the election should is, be the public support.
2: It's pretty much the first day that you get in office, you have to start earning money to get reelected. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, the president can only do that once. So in their second term, if they get reelected, they can do something different if they want, or at least they can try. But, yeah, I'd like to see him get reelected for two reasons. One, I'd like to see what he'll do, because I think he'll be a little more bold. Yeah, we can. And and, and two, I mean, look at the option. Oh, wow. What is
3: the option? Is it Mint?
2: It's, yeah, Mint Romney. Mint Romney? Yeah. (laughs) Because Michelle Bachmann that was running, she pulled out of the race, you know. She's now a Swiss citizen. She just went on and went over to Switzerland and said, okay, I'm over here now. So... Mitt Romney's just got a Swiss bank account. Michelle Bachman's got Swiss citizenship.
3: Well, so. what happened to Ron Paul? Does he not exist anymore in the U.S.? Like- oh, yeah, he does.
4: He does. He's
2: getting about as much traction as he usually does. See?
3: And you're, you're just are just as the rest of the media guys. You didn't even mention his name.
4: Well,
2: okay, that's true. But then, of course, we oh, have dude. we actually have a fellow running for office who has already agreed never to take more than $100 from any individual or group, and no corporate money, no PAC money. And, of course, nobody's heard of him.
3: Well, that's, you know what? It's up to the public to get their heads out of their ass and make it heard.
0: You're it, telling it, me but, that they
3: can't. Social media is such that they can effectively run a campaign through social media sites if the people get involved but the people are sitting back and they're letting the same thing yeah. happen that ever happens yeah. every freaking election.
2: What we have I the technology say,
3: now. It's time for people to stand on their truth. You know, here was up.
2: Obama with this huge social media following. You know, people would, I mean, people were making up their own independent fundraisers for him that didn't have anything to do with the campaign, and, and, and you know, young people in particular, and uh, that he squandered all that because he quit talking to him after he got elected, and I... I think that if you look, that they quit talking to him as well Um, because people thought, okay, we got Barack elected. Everything's okay now. (laughs) And and it looked. Bashar says it over and over again, and we're really pushing the patience test on the guest tonight. We are, but
3: but that's okay. I hear she's a patient being.
2: But we, I am my government. And so, you know. Well, there's these idiots up there. Well, we put them there. They say, well, <laughs> it was a very small percentage of people that voted. Okay, well, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to go out and vote? And because I tell you what, if all of the Occupy people and the youth and the everything else, if they wanted Ron Paul, if they wanted whoever they wanted, they could go get them. Uh It's kind of like the women discovered when it, their economic power, that they make like 87% of the buying decisions in America. So all of a sudden – you know, people are trying to do stuff with Planned Parenthood and stuff, and the women are like, uh-uh, and everybody backs down. Um, there is no one in Washington that will not back down in the face of the people.
3: Absolutely. Nobody. Absolutely.
2: Nobody. Not the, the generals. The people Nobody. are
3: scary as hell when they show up.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's, they sent in militarized police because the people showed up. <laughs> Don't think that was just, you know, to straighten out and get order. They were terrified, I tell you for true. And, Absolutely. Uh,
3: Anytime they call in the military, it's because they're scared.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's
3: just no no other way of explaining it. If they yeah. call in the military, it's because they're scared. But you're right. We have pushed the patient's test.
2: So we will mention our sponsors as we go through the breaks. Absolutely. Uh, we have with us this evening from Australia. Where it is Friday morning already. Uh, Dana Markitz. Welcome Dana.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I was dying to just get in on that conversation. Well <laughs> jump in then, girl. <laughs> I just agree a thousand percent with everything that you've said and you know, I think uh one thing that has been shown over the last few years, um, for people who have their eyes open is that You know, the president actually doesn't run the country. uh, And I just so agree with you that he had the best of intentions and I think still does. But, uh, you know, such a progressive free thinker still uh, has shackles. And I think that, uh, you know, for everybody who had their eyes open to see that it's become really obvious, which I think is awesome because once something is made obvious and once something is revealed, we can actually do something about it
3: absolutely and and it's good to remind people that the higher up you go, the uh, more money is involved, the higher your status, the the tighter those shackles become.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree so much with also what you were saying is it's really the people. Um you know, I think this this whole time that we're in right now as we're entering a new cycle is about acknowledging and recognizing and remembering our power, our power as individuals, our power as a community, our power as a humanity. Um, You know, there's that Hopi saying that I love, we are the ones that we've been waiting for, and we are. The government is not going to save us. Uh, Our star family is not going to save us. We have to do it, you know, and it would defy the point. If the government suddenly did save us or the star people landed, You know, on the White House lawn, um, as exciting as that would be, uh, it would defy the whole point and purpose of our intention of being here. It would defy the whole purpose of our, you know, intentions as uh, evolutionary species to actually wake up and remember our power and remember who we are and remember that the world that we are here to create. We are not here to live in. In the world that we have created now, this is not our destiny to keep going over and over and over this, you know, cycle that we keep repeating.
3: Yeah, we've we've done it so many different ways. I mean, we're very creative beings. Um, we've we've tried this, we've tried that, and it it all turns out that it's this. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, it it is time, and I think everybody's feeling it on a large scale, and I think that people need to realize that, you know, they're like, oh, he's wishy-washy about this, and he said it before, and, but, you know, he he does, if the people stand behind him, he has a real opportunity right now to make a huge impact on the expectations for future leaders of that country, and and other countries as well, Um, so I think that, I think that it's time for the people to stand up and it's not about it's not about there it being the first black president anymore it's about being the first president since you know the last one that got assassinated to stand up and say this is Mm -hmm. how it needs to be done yes exactly and I think I
1: really loved his um, statement finally that he made uh, yesterday around gay marriage because I feel like he really just, I I don't think it was, you know, a political manoeuvre as cynics are saying. I think it was just how he feels and uh, I think one thing, and you know, I'm Australian so people might say, well, what have you got to do with anything, you're not an American, but whatever happens over there affects us here, it affects the whole world actually and uh, you know, I think that for too long he's kind of been trying to please everybody, he's trying to please the right, he's trying to please the left and Hopefully, something has uh, twigged that you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody all the time. So you may as well live your truth, speak your truth, and whoever's with you will follow you.
3: Absolutely. I think I think a lot of the big impact as well that's going to have on him in the next little while is the age of his daughters. Um, they're getting older and more outspoken. Yes. and i think that their fresh faced view of the world where you know they're questioning like you said the injustice and the inequality when your kids are looking you right in the eye and saying how how can you how can you ignore this truth how can mm. you ignore this truth that these are human beings they're not different from you or i how can you ignore that as a truth and stand in the position you stand and not speak out. When your own kids are looking in the eye asking those kind of questions, you're going to evolve. I mean, that's what our kids do for us. They help us evolve.
2: Yes. yeah. Yes. If, we, if we let them, they, they can help us do a lot of things. But uh, he just has to, you know, feel that support behind him. And really, this, you know, standing up, people talk about taking your government back. We don't have to take it back. It's ours right now. And, you know, well, there's a bunch of idiots up there. Well, we put them there. And it was like, well, I didn't vote. Well, that could be a part of the problem. Yeah. You know, exactly. And, and, um, because like a lot of countries, we often have a very small percentage of the eligible voters turn out. And, but all the eligible voters are affected. And, and, uh, uh, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough when you feel like you're going to be the only one to stand out there and go, you know, Ah, this is wrong. Yeah. And um, uh, I think we've seen in the past year the power of the people when they show up and sign these petitions and write their congressmen. And, right. uh, you know, we had that internet censorship business. And I have never seen senators backpedal so fast that mm-hmm. the Republicans practically went on television and said, okay, okay, we're not going to vote for it. Would you stop with the emails? I mean, they left out the would you stop with the emails, but I've never seen them call a press conference that fast to say that they were going to change their mind.
1: Yeah, I think so many people, um, you know, doubt their ability to make a difference, and they think, well, I'm just one person. Uh, and But the analogy that I've always had in my mind as a visual is, you know, it's like humanity is the jigsaw puzzle, and every single one of us is a piece of that puzzle, every single one. So, you know, that's how we make a difference. You you might not feel like you can make a difference, uh, you know, overnight on a whole big massive issue on your own. You can't on your own. Um, but one by one, if each of us do something, something, um, it all helps and it all contributes. And I always say to people, if you think you can't make a difference, look at a jigsaw. And even when one piece is missing, you can tell.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... It's a beautiful big picture, but we need all those pieces.
1: Every and, every uh, piece, every piece. Yeah. Pace.
2: And yeah. Uh, uh, and all you got to do is stand on your truth. We're not asking for too much, people. We don't, you know, <laughs> what you think politics might be. Just stand on your truth all the time. Make that everyday connection, yeah.
5: and that's it. That's and cute. let
2: that inform your choices and decisions. And if you don't like what happens with the government, make a choice. Because not voting is a choice. Whether you like to look at it that way or not and um, so you know uh, I've seen some amazing things that I thought I would never see of, of late I'm very encouraged
3: yeah it's, it's it's been an incredible incredible year so now that we've had so, a really awesome in-depth discussion on that how about we get right down to the nitty gritty and um, the important stuff like <laughs> Dana who the hell <laughs> are you and what do you do <laughs> Who am I? Um,
1: Well, I don't like titles as such. I think it's so hard to find a name for what people do. But um, I'm an energy intuitive and it's something that I've always had. And it's something that, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I actually always had visions of these times of this world that was going to completely transform. I actually was confused, you know, as a little one. Um, at the world that I saw around me it didn't make sense at all I saw people going to work with their ties and unhappy and just really um, hating their life and I just didn't understand that at all because I always just felt and saw this world where everybody did what they loved where you know homes were you know environmentally um, aligned and conscious people were aware of who they were uh, media was different education was different the health systems were different And, you know, I'm just so excited um, at the times that we're in now because, you know, these really are the times that a lot of us are here um, for uh, to assist in this awakening and this shift. And, you know, I'm just here to say, uh, you know, what a lot of people are saying. There are so many of us out there giving the exact same message right now, which is, you know, this isn't the end of the world at all. This is the end of the world as we know it, as we've been living it. Um you know we're entering a new time, a new cycle where we're remembering who we are, and most importantly we're all moving into a stage where we're demanding to live in alignment with um you know who we really are on every level you know as individuals as families, but also on that huge social global political level as well
3: so i'm I'm curious since we weighed in on a on a really serious topic tonight. Um, And and part of the reason for the struggle in the states and and every other country around this issue is is this fear of change. What's your take on the whole human fear of change issue? Uh,
1: Well, I guess it's a little cliche to say, you know, fear of um, change is due to fear of the unknown. Um, But that's really only part of it. I think that Okay when certain parts of our truth are repressed, um sometimes you know they've been repressed for a reason, and when those things come up, it can be really um intimidating and threatening to who we are currently um, for example, there's a huge home birth debate raging right now in Australia. And people might think, well, why? What's, you know, what's the big deal? Um, but, you know, when you talk about something like that, you talk about empowering women, you talk about the divine feminine, you talk about the birth process. And for those people who are perhaps conscious and awake, we're like, woo yeah, you know, w- what's bad about that? That's fantastic. But for people who have repressed those parts of themselves, that, that then actually brings up a whole other curl of fish. Well, if I awaken to that, then what does that say to my current identity does that mean my current identity was false does that mean my current identity was a lie Um, you know as we start this awakening process on a grand level I think the people who've been awake more often than not have thought oh it's going to be mass celebration but actually there's going to be a lot of fear as we are seeing right now because it's almost like this um, rigid holding on to old identities not because those identities were were good or not because those identities were actually serving us, but because those identities that everyone is holding on to is all they have ever consciously known. Imagine if someone suddenly came to you and said, hey, Jean, you're not actually Jean. You're actually Tom and you're actually blue. You're not white. Um, Hey, Rick, you're not actually Rick. You're actually a panther, (laughs) you know. that can be really, you know, confronting and intimidating because your whole sense of who you are and what you thought was real is not. So we're seeing the collapse right now of old systems, old structures, old beliefs, old identities, old everything that not only no longer serves us, but actually that was never really real. It was never our real reality. It was never our real identity. It was an illusion. And that is what's scary you know, in someone, our identities are being stripped from us. Um, and imagine suddenly you're, you're without an anchor. Uh, this is why it's so important right now to have our inner anchor, uh, to ha- to be connected to our inner center. Because there's going to be less and less in the external world that we will be able to hang on to as certain as what is real, what is not real. Um, as it's like a demolition process of a building. So we need to hold on to the one thing that is stable, that is something we can hold on to, and that is that is our, our center. Uh, and it's quite a journey to even find out who and what that is.
2: Absolutely. And it, it's something I don't hear mentioned often enough, and, and maybe it's just because it's a topic that sounds too mechanical or something, but people do. We have anchor points with touchstones in our lives that we look to, to where am I? And I've had a real interesting experience physically with that because I've lost uh, for a while. It seems to be coming back, but lost for a while part of my balance. And so if I closed my eyes, I lost my balance instantly because I couldn't see that I was falling. Uh, Normally that doesn't happen because you already knows where your joints are doing, but it, 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 for however that works mechanically, I've found it to be very similar to what's going on in life. Is the anchor points, um, you know, there, there's what is it that we used to say? It's nice to know some things never change.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that anymore, but I heard it a lot growing up, and and people apply that to their anchor points, you know, whether you like them or not, old. What's his name is always sitting on the corner when you drive by, and so that's just when it's not there, you you feel weird. You're like, where's where'd that guy go? And you suddenly all almost have the welfare of somebody you don't like in mind because they're missing from your points that you hold on to. And um,
3: I you know I guess maybe my my anger point is my daughter, but. There is absolutely nothing about my life now that is anything like my life even five years ago. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything is completely different. The only thing maybe is the skinny jeans from <laughs> the eighties. <80s>. Yeah, well. <laughs> In the style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing about my life now that I would recognize as as my life back then. Nothing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that that is happening to so many people where their um, home life is changing, their relationship life, their jobs, their location of where they're living, their health. So many things are changing. And I think um, one of the keys is the degree to which we are resistant to that change, the degree to which we were attached and holding on to the old life um, will be the degree to which we can move through our own personal transformation processes uh, in an easier way or in a harder way. You know, I always say you can go into change kicking and screaming or you can just let it ride and just go with it because change is coming, whether you like it or not. We're all being transformed um, for the better. Um, So, yeah, you know, we can resist it and make it really hard on ourselves or we can just go with it and... When we go with it, it actually all works out really well in the end.
3: So how does the little girl um, who who used to look at the world with bug eyes and go, I don't get you people. <laughs> and if, believe me when I say I know exactly what you're talking about. It still happens to me to this day. Um, how does the little girl, looking at the world that way, grow up to become an author and a... And a mm-hmm explorer of truths, that's what I'm going to call you because, we, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. use the word we don't use the guru on our show except for to say there's no gurus on our show we don't <laughs> no. gurus.
1: Um, no gurus. I, I hate that word, yeah, I hate that word too. it's
3: a
5: gooey
1: it word really, I really don't like it because I think you know, people it's you, you You. You have the power you have the power, even Oh yeah, don't get me
3: started on that word <laughs> we can get on our soapboxes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so how did you I mean what what was your progression? Um well, did you have a super uber supportive family that allowed you to express early on your your yeah. reality or did you go and hide for a while like many of the rest of us did and then had to kind of break out? Mm. I think you know a bit of both.
1: Like everybody I've had a up and down life. It it wasn't like this straight linear line on the one hand, Uh, We, my sisters and I, uh, we had a very awake mum who completely, you know, no topic was off limits. It was really normal to talk about, you know, people on the other side and and starships and, um, you know, no no topic was off limits. So we were really lucky in that sense. Um, You know, there were all sorts of books and things in our home. Having said that, uh, a lot of my awakening didn't happen until I was about, you know, 1920. That's when a huge part of my more galactic awakening happened. I guess where I hadn't read anything about, you know, Mayan prophecies or, or anything like that. But once I did start reading that, everything made sense. I thought, oh wow, now I know where everything's coming from. Um, but having said that, you know, I did, you know, get well. I don't like the word got lost because i think even when you're getting lost you're finding yourself but you know around that age of 1920 where i was just finding it so hard to cope with the world around me i instinctively felt there was a higher reality so i did go down the path of using um you know many substances of the drug variety um in those years uh when i was around you know 1920 as a lot of people did then and i think a lot of kids are now um just because i, I felt like i i wanted to feel something that resembled the connection that i i knew with our natural state of being and at that time i didn't know how to find that connection even though you know i'd look up at the stars when i was little and i thought that you know i came from there i thought a starship had left me behind that was um That was my, I guess, intellectual knowing, but I hadn't yet embodied it. I didn't yet know how to embody it. I didn't know how to feel it. So a lot of my 20s, I, yeah, God, I had some really rough times on an emotional level because I hadn't worked out how to embody it and integrate it into my life, into my daily feeling space, um, you know, and you know, eventually it was just a process of lots and lots and lots and lots of inner work, lots of journey work, lots of self-discovery, oh my gosh, thousands and thousands of pages of journaling um, throughout my life. And, you know, so I'm now talking more, I guess, on a personal level than the professional level, you know, but I finally emerged feeling, you know, oh my gosh, I've got it. Like I, I really felt... Um, aligned with who I am Um, I just want to sorry I'm blabbing here a bit but you know I just want to make the distinction between the two paths of the personal professional Um, you know on the more work oriented level um, I think I just ended up you know I started doing these you know soul reading sessions for you know a friend of mums, and you know they were like wow how do you know how to do this and I said well I don't know doesn't everybody so that sort of part of my work just evolved people just kept asking me for sessions and I just kept doing them and I I sort of more always wanted to be a, a journalist and a writer and my mind wanted to go more that way because I you know as you can see I'm just totally passionate about the state of the world but my soul wanted me more to work as an intuitive it was never a conscious decision to become an intuitive that's just something that the world kept asking me to do as in people kept calling me and asking me and i had no idea where these people were coming from just people would call and ask uh for a session and that ended up um you know unfolding Um, Yeah,
3: here here at um one of the most exciting times in the history of mankind um You can actually merge those two, the mind yes. and the spirit. The mind that yes. says I want to be yes. a journalist and I wanna talk about people's stories and I wanna you know, I wanna document yes. world events and the spirit yes. that says, But you know, you're here to inspire, to uplift, to tell people how awesome they are. Then you have this opportunity to do both because I mean, like we do with the radio show, just yeah radio well, show and tell people how awesome they are.
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: well it's it's so wonderful because that's what ended up happening. I was able to merge My love of talking my love of writing um with my intuition skills so that ended up happening you know i I ended up writing you know um you know inspiring articles and having radio shows and so everything came together in the end but back then you know um it it was you know it was like oh how am i going to do this and so no it was it was good and, um, you know, on a personal level, you know, that might help some people who ask, well, how do you do it? How do you embody? Because I know a lot of people have this separate life happening with their awakened life and then their other life, as they call it. Um, when my mum my passed when I was about 29, after a very short experience with cancer, three months, it was bang. And I remember, um, you know, getting really... Angry, um, you know, at the universe and saying, "Whoa, you know," rah, 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 and I was, you know, I'm not going to work for you anymore. <laughs> if, if you know, if Mum passes, I'm not going to work for you anymore. And they said to me, "Well, you can't say everything happens for a reason, and then get angry when this happens." So, yeah, I just realized, um, wow, you just you really have to walk your.
3: You gotta talk. walk the talk.
1: <laughs> and and yeah. you know, uh, there was a real massive surrender in that of realizing, you know, what healing is healing and healing is whatever uh is best for the person. So, um and for her it was to heal on a bigger scale from up in the higher realms. So, yeah, I've I've had a lot of um exper- personal experiences that have led to who I am now on a
2: work level.
5: Well, well, and when it's kind of interesting,
2: interesting to hear. Oh, we're going to take a break.
5: Well, I it think, is break yeah, time. It's break time. Um, watching
3: watch the clock. But when we get back, I'd like to talk about how those life experiences and how the work um, became a new chapter. Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. A new chapter. Something literary, almost. <laughs> um, but yes, it is, because I looked around in 1985 or 6 when I found Opening the Channel and was like, oh, how you do this? And there was not a clue. <laughs> I couldn't find a clue. Uh, so what do you want to hear, Jean?
3: Oh, give me a little Earth song.
2: Same, same.
3: <laughs> <gasps>
2: hey, I'm not picking on
3: you. We can, second break, you can play whatever you want.
2: I'm not picking on you because we played nothing but Jordan for like, what, three months?
3: Three months. And now I'm stuck on the Earth prayer. It's not my fault.
2: It's an easy song to be stuck on, folks. It's this is Ina V, our good friend with her open-open-open-open uh, something. I can't say that word. One day I will. But it's called Earth Prayer, and uh, she has the Earth Prayer project that she does. I'll put her link up in the chat room. We'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks. <coughs> So that was our dear friend Ina V with her song Earth Prayer, and uh, I encourage everybody to check out her website at www.inav.com. Uh She has a project going around the Earth Prayer that's very, very cool. Um, and uh, and I suppose we should mention our uh, dear family and sponsors. Right? Quick. Indeed. Ah, she's there. I thought I heard you pick up your headset. Yes glad you made it back. But uh, our dear friends over at Inner Child magazine, this month's issue, been out for a few days now, but some great articles in there. Uh, I know they have two awesome authors, uh, the Jean Victoria person and the Rick person. Oh, uh, own horn.
3: <laughs> they happen to have some very amazing authors. Um, yes, we're that, in very good write company. articles other than ours. <laughs> out, out,
2: outclassed a bit. I am anyway. Gene uh, is an experienced author with three books and part of a book. And yeah. but uh, I do the tech column, so it's easier. I just translate. I turn geek into English. What I do. But anyway, go check those guys out. They're uh, a really loving group of folks. They have tremendous amounts of things going on, and you can find all of them at com.
3: Absolutely. And then, of course, there's our our, our beloved friend, Sister in Light, and um, animal communicator extraordinaire, Nenez Martins.
2: Yes, our new monthly and, correspondent, you could almost say. Yes. She's, you know, joined us to... Made the agreement to come on about once a month because we fill up with questions. We have people right at the closing bell every time. Still waiting to talk to her. So absolutely, really questions. awesome stuff. And,
3: and there's apparently nothing off limits with regards to what you can ask in us. Uh, it doesn't have to strictly be about animals. She is uh, quite the impressive, intuitive as well as an Akashic record reader. So um,
2: and that we started off the show. Tuesday with one of those and boyfriends great relationship questions. questions and she gave such a I find some intuitives you know when they get the how's my relationship they go look man I'm tired of these questions and <laughs>
3: no, her, her answer was so it, eloquent
2: yeah and it really very was. insightful and absolutely. Uh, so uh,
3: absolutely and and, join she, us and
2: have she really takes the you, time
3: though. to to interact with the guests and to you know ec- explore with them if, if the answers that she gives brings some more questions, and she's willing to take the time and, and carry through with that. So, um, she's a fantastic guest for us to have on, and she'll be back, I believe, on the twelfth.
2: I believe so, next month. Yes. Yeah. And in, in the uh,
3: meantime, you can check her out. At you can check the,
2: her out at i-n-e-s-m-a-r-t-e-n-s I-N-E-S-M-A-R-T-E-N-S.com, and of course, you can catch her uh, three past shows now on yeah. uh, EverydayConnection.me don't need a www or any of that just everyday connection dot because it's all about me
5: <laughs>
2: even if it's you saying it it's still me and
3: all the archive shows are there
2: over 100 hours of audio now
3: yeah and, and amazing we have amazing guests on so speaking um, of amazing speaking of amazing absolutely
2: we could do a week's month's the the shows with Dana and uh, cover everything I'm sure because uh, I was that way when I was a kid. I was rewiring a light switch at age three, and my mother goes in. Ah, you're gonna kill yourself! And I'm like, no, it's really simple. Don't touch them both at once. And she was like, you know, and it was it, the thing that was disturbing to me was that she didn't know that. It wasn't that I, I knew it some weird way. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to know that at three. Nobody told me. It seemed normal to me. Light switch was messed up. I was fixing it. <laughs> Very matter of fact everyday sort of thing, but it turned out not to be that way
4: <laughs>
2: but it's getting better now it's okay now
4: it is
3: it is getting better so i'm I'm curious um when uh, when a new chapter came to light and how that how that evolved mm. from one author to another. Yeah, um, who are you to write a book, young lady? (laughs) I don't know who am I to write. I don't know who I am to write a book. (laughs) I'm
2: not even sure who I am most days.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I just that book came about um, actually as I just I've I've just always been writing, always, always, ever since I can remember. Ever since I was little, writing in journals, writing stories, writing stuff. You know. And, um, yeah, just, I was always writing bits of this and bits of that, and I'd always, I knew I always wanted to write books. That was just always my dream. And I had loads of, and as I'm sure lots of writers and authors do, just loads of files on my computer with beginnings of book ideas, and, um, and yeah, there was just one particular folder that just kept getting fuller and fuller. So I actually never had, with that book, I never sort of had this, um, intention of you know how some people write books in a really great linear fashion i've always thought god that'd be so awesome to do that where they have an idea and they have a concept and they sort of think oh this is what i'm going to write a book about with this particular book i didn't have that i just it was just um a bit of writing here a bit of writing there that just slowly came together and one day i just started thinking hey this is going to be a really good direction for a book, and. What actually really um, ended up giving me the the context for it or the umbrella is having had, you know, so many clients um, throughout my life really asking the same sort of questions. I thought, well, hey, how about I kind of put it all in a book of, um, you know, filled with loads of exercises that they can do themselves um, around their personal You know, awakening process. Because a lot of people ask, well, how do I find my truth? How do I do what I love? How do I connect with my inner child? Uh, How do I work on my relationship issues or my parent issues? And it's not really, I think, empowering to say, oh, have a session, you know, every time you need to um, ask one of those questions. Um, I think that the more empowering thing is to help people um, with the right questions to ask themselves. And if they have the right questions to ask themselves, then they can find their own inner answers within, because really we all have our own inner it's guidance system, our own inner GPS that will tell us exactly you know the right thing to do. So really, that's how it ended up. It sort of it ended up being a book of tools, I guess. um I have you know loads of ideas for other books as well, but it's yeah it's just a matter of time and when you know when those things are going to um emerge. Um, but I also find time is just moving so fast these days. I don't even know if anyone has time to read books anymore. <laughs> the, the, the Just change is happening so fast and something that you might have written a week ago or even a day ago just doesn't even apply anymore, you know, today or tomorrow. Yeah. It's, our, yeah.
3: it's insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. <laughs>
5: yeah. Our,
3: just our, our process is happening so
1: fast, you know. Um so that's why I really loved writing my online course, um, Create a Life You Love, because that was bang, bang, bang. You know, that's something you can just get out there um, very quickly, much quicker than a book, um, just because of the, how you know, how relevant is everything these days? You know, our our what we know today is different to what we knew yesterday. And so sometimes I go to think about, oh, God, I really should start writing that book, um, you know, and then I think, God, is it gonna be out of date before I've even shut down the computer for the day you know
3: <laughs> it, it it turns out that they are um i interestingly enough, I had similar experiences um with regards to writing, I certainly didn't sit down and plan any of my um any of my novels, but I find going back on them, they're really more. Of a documentation of the progression of the times, um,
5: mm.
3: and, and and they reflect how you know the thought processes progressed through through the the journey that I was taking, and they're really reflective of the the collective progression as well. So it's it's a little trippy to go back and see that. And I agree with you. I can't. Do anything more than the radio show right now and blogs because i can't i can't wrap my head around sitting down to do another novel right now it's just it the idea terrifies me because i I don't think I could keep up
5: mm.
3: yeah it's, um
5: yeah that's
3: that's a really
1: tough one i you know i actually personally um struggle with that myself in terms of, do I write this book? Do I not write this book? But all you can do is go with your, um, you know, your daily intuition and your daily instincts. And I I know um, that if, you know, I'm meant to write my next one, I'll just sit one day and bang, out it will start coming because you can really just go by where every day leads you from one day to the next.
3: Absolutely. And I think that holds true with pretty much any anything that's going on right now on the planet, you know, mm. movie making, music making, um, even, you know, going, going to work in the local grocery store.
2: It Yes. <laughs> well, it. and again, you look at the, you look at the younger generation, the new, the new kids on the block and, um, they're all doing this. They just look into the back of their phone and talk and it's up on YouTube now, you know, mm. and, um, I mean, I, I, in my tech guy role, I I keep reading all this stuff, even though I've tried to leave that part of me, me behind, <laughs>
5: um,
2: or at least working for big businesses. I don't want to do that anymore. But uh, I love helping light workers out. But but anyway, it, it, it's all about how fast can they get their message up there, and um, I know that our friends that we call the girls, sixteen-year-old uh, twins. Uh, they almost almost every video there's something from the previous video that they go yeah that was a little that was a little overboard wasn't it so forget that and but when they made that video it was what was holding them together you know so here they are two three weeks later a month later putting up their next video and they're like yeah never mind that don't do that that was bad
5: um
2: but but at the time it was good it is it's a it's a it's a whirlwind progression and uh I can't even imagine, well, I can imagine, but I'm I'm sure I'm not entirely accurate what it's like for some of the folks that are just sort of opening their eyes to open their eyes in the middle of, you know, like this.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be like somebody knocking you out with some sort of drug and then having you wake up just as you're going over the hill of the highest, Roller coaster that you can possibly imagine on the planet. You would be like, ah! You're yeah. awake. Boom! Oh my God! <laughs> you know, absolutely no gravity. Who needs no coffee? Gravity. Who needs
2: tea? I'm awake. I'm awake. Uh, um,
3: <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't even wrap my head around it. It was scary as hell for me when you know I went through a flash. Flash forward, awakening a couple of years back, and I don't, I don't even want to think about if I had to deal with it now. With time going so fast,
2: and just
3: you know, ordinary people out on the street, um, they're they're noticing.
2: And I think one thing they're noticing, and I'd love to hear what you think about this one, Dana, is that they're noticing when they notice you or Gene or me, or they're noticing that you know, wait a minute, they don't seem like. I'm standing in the middle of chaos, and they're right next to me. And but they look okay. What? Hey, yeah. what you got? You know, because they've lost their anchor points, they don't know. They're they feel adrift, and we look like we're sitting bobbing along at anchor, having a nice day. Mhm. So yeah. I think it's I, I think that's one of our most important jobs as light workers right now is not even necessarily so much to if they ask you a question, okay, but just be in your peace, be in your stability, and and truth, and let them see that it's okay.
1: Well, do you know, um, funny you should say that, someone gave me the most funniest quote the other day, and she said, um, I don't know if she'd read it or heard it somewhere, and she said, a lighthouse doesn't run around the island, you know, trying to find ships to save. A lighthouse just stands in one place and shines its light. And I yeah. think, yeah, that was just a really, really great thing. I think that's all any of us can do is just be our light, be our truth. And that's why I think a lot of us are not feeling... The, I used to have such a sense of urgency to do stuff all the time um, in relation to um, you know helping people and the awakening and the shift. And now it's um, a much calmer feeling, which is really odd because you would think here we are, 2012, you'd think that the sense of urgency would be even stronger. But actually not. I always feel this very calm. And, you almost and, feel
3: like it's it's done yes yes like that's how Uh, I feel it's like whatever I I do from here on out is just for the fun of it because we did it we did yes I yes totally it's like whatever we were supposed to do
1: we've done I always had in my head the words you're on contract until 2012 and I always thought well shit what does that mean (laughs) am I going to pass then, or what does that mean but as I'm here, I really get what that means. It's like I don't have to do anything anymore. If I want to do something, if I want to keep doing a session or writing, or I can. But I don't have to do it anymore. And I think that comes from this calm. Um, from now, we're, we're anchored into whatever it is we were supposed to get anchored into. I think we're anchored into our new reality, our higher energies, our authentic self, whatever words you want to call it. Um, and everyone is going through their own process simultaneously so it's really interesting as we're becoming aware that we're more connected and that we're all one we're also almost letting each other um, not not be alone but we're letting each other do their own stuff you you do what you need to do I'll do what I need to do we're no longer needing to pull someone up and save them it's like no let them go through their thing um, and I think that people are being triggered by awake people in all sorts of ways. Some people look at someone who's standing there calmly as the lighthouse and is inspired by that. And that helps them to awaken to their own inner light, their own lighthouse that they are. Uh, other people get incredibly uh, angry uh, or um, yeah frustrated. Um, and again, that's right for them. That's just, are, you know Triggering something in them That they might need to address But it's like Everyone just needs to do What they need to do right now No saving No No saving
2: <laughs> you know, It used to feel really odd If you To me If I triggered someone mm. by, by just being You know if I made somebody irritated or frustrated or angry, I wanted to try to explain it to them and,
1: yeah, and yeah. tell
2: them, you know, look, if you look at it this way, you won't feel like that anymore and stuff. And now no, I just kind of look at them and smile. Shit. Yeah, I just kind of look <laughs> at them and smile and go, yeah, been there. And that was not fun. Thanks. And
3: <laughs> Yeah, oh,
1: so true. The um, You know, the monthly visions that I wrote this month is, were exactly on that topic, that everybody's sort of becoming transparent right now. People are what they are. And the more that we try and jump in and explain ourselves, or try and get them to see it our way, woo! You get your fingers burnt. <laughs> Don't go there, because <laughs> it's it's cause you're not meant to. You're not meant to jump in and. If someone asks you, sure, but you're not meant to jump in and try to force them to see things your way. It's just not working.
2: Yeah, not a, not a good plan. Absolutely mm.
3: agreed. And it's I, it's a really comfortable energy to be in. Huh. You know it's it's. Because now we get to just play together, yes. you know. There's no urgency to this conversation. There's no urgency to the radio show. Um, we we actually were working on making a film, and we just put our schedule back a year because there's no urgency around that either. It's mm. it's like you know. I mean, it, it's a comfortable space to be in. It's it's playtime.
1: It is, and and I want to also make the distinction for people listening. It's not, um, you know, it's not about being uh, passive or apathetic or oh, you know, let let the world just do what it needs to do. It's actually a very vibrant energy. It's a very calm, vibrant energy that I think comes from knowing, um, wow, we're co-creators here, and we can create whatever we would like. And I think particularly for light workers, it's also about um, use that word, play, Jean. It's about um, finally starting to enjoy what we have created and enjoy what it is that we're here to create. Um, I know that a lot of light workers, for so many years, um, you know, people longer than I, for decades, um, you know, have been working, 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 not only on their own inner journey but trying to help others, and. You know, I think for myself, something that I sort of stopped and looked at a couple of years ago was, well, hang on, here I am trying to get everyone to wake up so that they can enjoy the new reality and enjoy life. Am I enjoying life? Of course I was enjoying life, but I mean, am I having fun? Like just things like taking a day off, going to the beach, putting a rug outside, you know, I always felt like I had to be working in some way, you know, doing something to do with helping people.
3: Um, totally yeah, get that that's been yeah. my thing this year is is adjusting yeah. to you know Rick is like my saving grace because yeah. he's the one who says to me so you didn't get up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you obviously yes, needed yes. to
1: sleep yeah, your Big point is deal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember um, oh my gosh years ago I was talking to this friend and you know and we were having this debate about you know the meaning of life and da 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 and, and I said well don't you think you're, you're here for a reason you know and he said, yeah, to have fun. And, you know, this was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And I just looked at him in horror because I'm like, oh, aren't you here to, you know, help help someone or, you know, contribute? Whereas the irony, now I look at that and think, oh, my gosh, you know, here he was, never had read a self-help book in his life, but he was right on the money. You know, it's like, yeah, we're here to enjoy and, and have fun and but do it consciously and, and create and have fun consciously, if that makes sense.
3: Absolutely, it makes sense. I saw an interesting um, news story to date, actually, that kind of falls into alignment with with all of this. Um, I find as people become more aware, somebody who does a radio show writes books when she feels like it pushes the movie schedule back a year. I mean, that, in in the past, may have been perceived as are you kidding me? (laughs) Do you actually do any work? Kind of thing. Um, But you know, now they're finally discovering that for those of us who have battled that whole mainstream society, I'm going to eat when my boss tells me I can eat. I'm going to get to work when my boss tells me I should go to work. Get up when I'm supposed to get up so I can go to work. Um, for those of who, us who have left that behind, they're finally doing scientific studies to back up this idea that that you know that whole idea of setting your alarm clock for 5 a.m. to make it to an early job is really messing with our well-being as far as physically, emotionally, and mentally, that, you know, our bodies just aren't designed to function that way. We're supposed to sleep until we wake up. We're supposed to eat when we get hungry, drink when we're thirsty, and go to the bathroom when we need to go to the bathroom, yet we have this whole social structure that's set up to do exactly the opposite of that and they're finally oh, yeah. studying it and realizing that these crazy hippie types that have been saying this all along and the indigenous people who have been saying this all along were right
2: hmm. well then something, yeah. something people I think leave out and, and uh, I always like to tip my hat to any light workers or free thinkers from any generation is the hippies from the 60s There's just a whole bunch of those in corporate jobs now. Yeah. And for like 10 years in the 90s, people were, man, a bunch of sellouts. Look at them. They're the corporate types now. But you want to change the consciousness of a corporation, which is really just a group of people. That's what you do is you go in there.
3: You become a corporate or a scientist. A lot of them are scientists now, too.
2: Yeah, lighthouses don't hang out in lighthouse conventions. They stand <laughs> alone out on rocky cliffs. They In go, the dark. It's dark, yeah.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true.
1: I think it's just about doing whatever is right for you. You know, Jean, I'm with you. Like, for me, I need to be able to, I love working from home. So I've done that, gosh, since I can remember. Um, you know, I, I resigned, you know, from that nine-to-five world um, when I was about twenty four and never looked back I just it 's not for me and um but 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 for some people, it is right for them to be in amongst the trenches and go out there and and change things from within so I think really right now it 's do what is right for you do whats do what your heart is saying, and one thing because I can sort of hear people um asking this question as they 're listening to us now. You know, I think a lot of people worry about money and they say, well, how do you make money that way? How do you make money waking up when you want? Well, guess what? You do. Uh, Seriously, um, when you follow your heart and follow your truth and do what you love, money always comes and money finds a way of finding you. And, uh, you know, if there is another book that I'll write, it will be the one, you know, based on uh, Christian and I, my partner and I, we did this sort of, you know, law of attraction kind of trip really you know we traveled for about 15 months um we left with enough money for about five and but we got the intuitive guidance that we'd be gone for 15 months and we were and uh sure enough you know the money did run out after five months and uh we had it said a little prayer and we said okay if we're meant to keep traveling universe you better do something here and bang they did money came and it kept coming and we just lived by the seat of our pants um, a lot of the time, but it just kept coming. And we were literally traveling, you know, throughout the States, uh, South America, um, you know, Guatemala. We we flew from L.A. to Chile um, thinking we had $200 left, but we just kept going. And that was really like a, a spiritual boot camp of um, really, 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 really walk your talk. And if you believe... Money comes when you need it. Okay, let's put you in the middle of South America <laughs> with no money. And and are you still saying that and believing it? And, yeah, uh, it, it happens. So I really want everyone to know if you follow your uh, truth, you will be taken care of. That your, your inner instincts, your GPS, your guides, whatever you want to call it, they will never steer you wrong. They'll never say, hey, follow your heart, leave your job, leave your partner, and then just leave you hanging and then laugh and say, ha,
3: ha, got you no they don't they don't work like that no they certainly um, don't No.
2: And and, and and best too, i would say or i would just add to that to let go of your expectations of how it's going to look
3: yes
1: and
2: how it's going to come Yes. because it it, you know we've had the tour you're talking about the 15 months you're talking about uh lilu masse has been on the juicy living tour yep. all over the u.s and then now she's running all over europe and really, literally, when she left on her juicy living tour to the u s she had enough she had her plane ticket, and she had a few hundred dollars that was it Yep. yep. and uh, and by the end of that tour, she had been to Hawaii and was interviewing one of Wayne Dyer's children because Wayne Dyer doesn't do much in the way of interviews and Wayne sent his assistant out to go get her and said, "I think she probably would like to interview me. Why don't you go get her Well." That doesn't happen when you're when you're trying to make it happen by yourself, you know? And uh of course I'm glad it happened to her. I might not have been able to speak, but um, Uh but then that would be given the guru thing, so you know, gotta leave that alone. But um
3: I wanna get Wayne Dyer on here so I can say who the hell are you and what do you do?
2: Right? And uh um, You
3: know it. <laughs> oh I know you I
2: know you would. Uh, there, for a while, you had a couple of guests that would come along and, and you would change it. Who in the world are you? And now you don't even do that anymore. You just no, have, I can't Who the hell are you? I
3: don't care.
2: Um, if
3: it's the Pope, I'm still going to say, Who the hell are you? And what do you do? And that might be accurate.
2: That, well, you know, because I think one of the gifts is, you know, and this will maybe, maybe make people crazy. I don't mean to trigger people, but is that after a while you kind of don't know who you are and you're okay with that. That's life's big adventure.
1: Absolutely yeah, yeah. Do you know the more that you sort of find out the more you realize you don't know <laughs> and it's amazing. It's, and that it's you know, okay
2: to not know. And that
1: it's fine, yeah.
2: That was always, you know, my thing. I had to know. I grew up in the house, my dad was an engineer and, and uh I was a math science kid and you know, I kinda liked having okay. Here's the 10 steps. Here's what's going to happen at each one. And, you know, then you did your experiment and It did exactly what you said it was going to do. And great. But then, you know, I got to be a few years older and tried to live life and it didn't work like that. And I was like, what? Didn't tell me that. And, uh, uh, made it a long way on my ability to just know things. But finally came the day and, uh, but now it's just it's just cool,
4: it's just fun.
1: Yeah, and I think we're really being called to live in the now uh, at the moment. Um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. had a great saying that said you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just have to see the light on the step that's right in front of you. A lot of people have some really awesome goals and dreams um, and they get really overwhelmed by how they're going to make that happen or how that's going to happen. Um, but really the fact is you just have to put one foot in front of the other and take one step at a time and just follow your little Hansel and Gretel cookie crumbs um, and just see where they take you. And what you said, Rick, is true. Let go of the expectation of how that might happen. Um, It doesn't actually happen how you think it might happen. You know, it'll just happen in a very random way. Um,
3: With the reminder that if you feel like sitting down on the staff for a little bit, that's cool too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. We need more sitting
1: on the step time. Yep. We hang out
2: <laughs> sometimes. Mm. And um, because I find the, the the synchronicities when I might be attracted in a certain direction, it might have just been to go over and find a marker there to, t- to turn right. But if you decide, okay, this is my life's path and, and don't deviate, you miss that. And because uh, Lord knows the the best developments that we've had here at Everyday Connection have been, you know, due to circumstances, beyond our control. <laughs> you
5: know?
2: uh, somebody just pops up, and, uh, you know, people are sure we we must have had a long list of flight workers before we ever started the show because we never missed an episode.
3: And, oh, my God, no, I and, didn't know anybody. <laughs> and.
2: Uh, and I had a lot and still have a lot of light workers on my list that have not been on the show. I've never mined my friends list because I've never really had to. Um, there's always an email, a story, a something, and it's, oh, okay, their turn. And then awesome stuff comes out of it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like tonight. I'm, I'm really enjoying the conversation tonight because we're obeying that nothing's off limits thing. Uh, and and the it's time to play, it's kind of like you know, you mentioned earlier, Jane, pushing the movie back schedule back by a year. Um, I think when we first started doing it, there was still in our purpose statement a little bit of that we got to change the conversation so we can help fix everybody, and I think that's what's dragging it like an anchor. Uh, We've got to just do it because it's going to be fun to go visit all these people.
3: Well, I said, okay, we're going to change the conversation, and that's fine. But really, I just want to. No, go but visit I'm, those I'm just saying there's. It, yeah, no, you're right. Some
2: energy got in there, particularly when we were doing, you know, hot and heavy. We've got to have fundraising tomorrow. Where's our $400,000? <laughs> and uh, in some of that, you know, we've got to show this to people so they'll quit looking at the problem hey, they'll quit looking at the problem when they get tired of the results of that. And probably not before. Very so, true. Very true. Uh, it, it's just interesting. It, it, we've only been working on that for, what, six months. And I think that the energy around it's already changed. It's very cool.
3: But such are the times that we're now living in. So,
2: Absolutely. So speaking we're of times changing... Time changing and breaks having, yes? yes? Well,
3: I was going to say breaks having. Do we have any... Buddy out there, who's got questions for Dana? Um, ah, yes. If we do, the call-in number is it, 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 scrolling 805-243-1318. Switch Press switch one to put your hand up and wave yes. at at our uh, switchboard operator, Mr. <laughs> so our, number, or you Or
4: please. You oh. can
3: <laughs> Skype in as well. Or uh if you happen to be in the chat room you can ask your question, type it in the chat. And uh we'll take a quick musical break. We'll come back, see if there's any questions, and if not, we'll uh give Dana the floor and let her tell people exactly what she thinks.
2: Yes, we do our ever famous open mic. All right. Uh Oh, she's gonna have to get off. I forgot.
3: Oh, Tell me that. yeah, that's right. Okay. So
2: we need to do websites and stuff, and then we'll do a break yes, do. as she's departing. Absolutely. Uh, we've put them in the chat room several times, but just for our podcast listeners who might be away, uh, best for them to find you at com. It is,
1: yes.
2: And am I pronouncing your last name right? Yes, you are. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thank
2: you. It's like it looks, kind of like O'Shields, but it yeah. blows people's mind because it looks funny. So it's no. www.dana, D-A-N-A, Merkich, which is M-R-K-I-C-H.com. That's
3: it. That's it. The book, yeah. same thing? They can get it through your website?
1: You can get it through my website, yeah. A new chapter through my website. Yeah, or join me on Facebook. We, uh, yeah, yeah, wherever you are. With
2: Facebook, uh, i have to scroll up for that. It's gone off the chat screen. Dana Merkich News.
5: Yeah.
2: Now on uh, Facebook. And uh, we have put a link a couple of times to Amazon for the book, and we will have one in our archive that will be up later this evening if I don't space it like I did Tuesday night. In this case, it came up Wednesday morning. It will be up there soon. So, And it will have links to all this good stuff for you folks. Uh, Thank thanks you. so much for being with us, Dana. Sorry that we uh, ran over a little.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, I've got my, my little six-month-old that will need me any minute now. So. Oh, yes,
2: yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, still so awesome. still needing you and and uh, still wide-eyed.
3: We'll be needing you and wide-eyed for many years to come. That's I know mine is 15. <laughs>
2: 15 and needing you and wide-eyed.
3: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be amazing,
1: just,
2: uh, yeah, just seeing him develop well, we'll have, and
1: seeing what he knows.
2: We're going to have to have you back sometime so we can continue thank the you. conversation. It was so much fun. Thank, thank you, you, you for so giving us your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for uh, having me. If um. I'm sorry I couldn't stay longer but you know if anyone does have any questions about anything um they are very welcome to email me and I'm more than happy to um yeah to uh answer. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right, you have yourself a lovely day. You too. Enjoy Thanks. your Friday. All right, Good afternoon. <laughs> See, you good evening. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: All right. Well, All that right, was just awesome. I that forgot. Was... That's my universe. fault. I knew. That's
3: okay. I I
2: forgot too. Um so, it's uh, cool. yeah, it's all cool. She remembered. It's her timetable. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. It sounds uncaring sometimes, but it's really, that's the way to love people, is to let them have their life, and uh, just not the way we were taught it was going to look like. <laughs> no of those expectations of how it's going to look. It just doesn't work out.
3: No, certainly not.
2: Better so when we... you just don't know.
3: Are we, yeah. There, perfect lead-in. Excellent. Wonderful. Jordan
2: Okren. Glad you had it planned ahead if of time. don't know, we'll be back in just under four minutes. Stay with us.
4: The future brings asking the question. So what is my path? Well, looking for security, but you don't know where it's at, and so you don't know what you're supposed. Thank you.
2: Buddy, that was our good friend Jordan Okrant, off to music school in Boston at the end of the month, having much fun and adventure in his life, and I'm sure he'll keep sending us musical notes from the road as he goes on. Wouldn't you think?
3: Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Musician off to music school. Gonna stop writing. <laughs> Not likely. If they if they try to make him stop writing, he'll leave there. I it's bet you money. It's
3: interesting to note that um, he's still going through with the music school, even though he's already put out his second LP. Um, and I think that that speaks a lot about his...
2: And plays two or three gigs a week, every week, while going to school.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that says a lot about his drive to expand and to learn and to explore new knowledge, um you know, I mean, obviously he's going with the understanding that there's going to be stuff there that he might not be exposed to hanging out at home, and I think that's really cool. Um, I don't think he's going in order to cement him for himself a, a career. I think he's going for the no. experience of going, and that, to me, is the ultimate reason to go to college or university It's for any, the experience.
2: Any school education-type, training-type thing to me, is you go because you would go whether they gave you some sort of a certificate or not. You 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 go for the experience. You go for the, you know, he loves music,
5: yeah,
2: um, and he loves writing music. And his music has become perhaps more uh, filled as he's as even as we've watched him go along. And uh, so I can't wait to see what he'll do at music school
3: yeah I think it's gonna be an interesting journey to watch um and an interesting I'm, growth process but i i I really think that our current um, our current way of looking at education should should shift more towards that idea where instead of selling education to our youth to tell them that you need this in order to be successful, you need this in order to further your career um you know, we should just be selling the idea of of the experience being a valid growth experience. In well, that It and, can be a hell of a lot of fun. I know college rocks for me both times I went.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and I'm not working in the y- y- industry When you're studying either. something you wanna, <laughs> that you want to study, it can be the best thing going. But um, I posted an article not too long ago. I can't remember who wrote it, uh, and I'm not going to. Multitask and look for it because then I won't be able to talk. Um, but the, the point the fellow was making was particularly with all these, in the last month, Stanford, MIT, Harvard, they're all putting their courses online. And you can take them. You can even get a certificate that you took it and passed the exam. But of course, those certificates don't count as credits towards a degree. And he said, it, it, the article was entitled "Hacking the Degree." That's what it was. Is that the d- the degree model of you go to school for four years to be told how something is done is old, stale, and can easily be thrown out because the courses are all available right now anyway, online.
3: Yeah, it doesn't it and, doesn't make any sense that with the technology that we have, um, that we're still shouldering this massive expense to put our children through these large institutions when we could be using our communicative technologies that we have to offer them literally a global education.
2: And as fast or as slow as they want to digest it.
3: Yeah. And it, it really stuns me that the education system and the governments haven't caught on to this. Thankfully, the educators and the students have. So the guys in charge of running the books and making the rules for, for the colleges and the university, they haven't caught on. But the teachers have, and the students have, and they've gotten together, and they've created these websites where you can go and you can take these courses so you can continue to get an education, even if you're not paying the thousands of dollars a year to go to the school. And then you know what? Okay, you missed out on the whole college thing. You didn't get to go to college. You didn't get to have the funds, the dorm rooms. Screw it. Take your money and go to Europe.
2: Right. Or South America or wherever it is Silicon, that calls you. Or
3: where, Wherever it is that calls you, there's still plenty of valid experiences, life-changing valid experiences that you can have as a young person who is unattached. And I think that that is really the new paradigm of education that here's this avenue to be able to get a global education, get it online and get it from anywhere in the world.
2: And to have established friends in wherever it is that you want to go, wherever it is you think you want to go. Yeah. You want to go to Australia? There's a bazillion people in Australia that are online. They got Skype. They'll talk to you. They'll video with you for heaven's sakes. So you'll know what each other looks like at the airport or, or boat dock or however it is that you get there. And, Uh, I highly recommend it. You know, it's just I cannot understand how a society that has done the kind of work about, you know, talking about second careers and the search for meaning and all this midlife crisis thing is still sitting kids down at 19, 18 and going, okay, what is it you're going to be for the entire rest of your life? Well, I remember when they wanted me to make that choice. I wanted to puke on their shoes and walk away. Cause I
3: can't even. I can't even. Even
2: back then, which it's been a little while, I'm 49 years old, uh, that was a foreign idea to me. Was you know, And my dad refers to me as, you know, anything you picked up, if you weren't perfect at it overnight, you put it back down. And that's not really the case. <laughs> at least inside my viewpoint, looking at it as I went along. See, and
3: were, my my dad always said that everything is easy once you learn how to do it.
2: Well, sure. And you know, and
3: that that he he meant literally everything. You can do anything you want if you take the time to learn.
5: And but that it's was okay
2: he, if you. And I was ridiculed heartily and almost punished about the fact that I would drop things. It's okay if you get inside. I'd get inside something and see how that works, sort of is how I would put it. And...
3: And then go, ew. Ew.
2: I don't want that end result. I
3: don't want to be here. I
2: don't want that end result, so I'm not going to go down that path. But there was always a reason for me to start down any particular one of them, even if it was just to know that's not the way to go. You know? Um
3: absolutely but here's here's the scary thing is that in the old paradigm where it's costing thousands of years thousands of dollars and and multiple years to go through this education system, it's you know a life altering decision to halfway through quit and start doing something else whereas now, if you're taking the courses online and you're working your way through because you're living still at home or you're I don't know. You've got your computer and your backpack and your tour. Either way, you know, it's, it's not costing you a fortune to change direction halfway through.
2: And more and more companies, even big companies are beginning to recognize that and figure out whether you have your brain with you, your knowledge with you when they talk to you at the interview, as opposed to what's on your resume. Um, uh, I mean, different tech companies are different ways about that. There, there's some tech companies that talk all about d- your degrees and your stuff, but
3: my brother is a robotics engineer, and he said that the best of the best, the best companies, the ones that are actually doing stuff and, and creating really innovative, um, futuristic technologies, are the companies that don't—they want you out of high school. They yeah. don't want you going to university. They don't want you going to college because then they have to untrain you before they can train you.
2: And that seems wasteful, and it is. And yeah. as long so as the corporations they grab their kids are telling people, school. you know, and most of them do. They say, Look, I want you to forget everything you learned in college. We're going to show you how it's really done now. <laughs> well, so what's the point, people? So
3: why the hell did I go to college? Well, in my case, I went to college to get married and have a baby, but... Um,
2: well, and and... It, and and i'm not saying anything against the traditional four-year degree or even the folks that um you know i had a friend that was a professional student until they were like 35 and now they're a professor and uh they lived off student loans and stuff till they were like 35 and now they're a professor i don't know what that means about your student loans cuz you don't make a ton as professor but no. you make a living and um
3: but not, uh, not a lot. And you
2: get to do, you know, if that's what you enjoy. And I can understand that. I enjoyed when I had classes with instructors that were that would allow us to sort of adventure a little bit instead of stick to the points. You are off the curriculum, young man. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. And I'm having a good time. And I'm learning something, which I more than I can say for your curriculum. But... Uh, and there are schools out there that have figured this out.
5: Uh, yes, yes, indeed. You know,
2: we talk about the Sudbury Valley School, and that's one school in one place. But they have, you know, a website full of schools globally that have adopted their theory. And uh, and it's amazing when you hear that you know, this kid went to school at Sudbury and they spent a, over a year doing nothing but playing video games. That's all they did for a year. To the point, their parents were worried they weren't going to learn to read, and now this guy's a biophysicist because all that game playing he got interested in how we interact, how it changes, how do we perceive the game, and so he's a neurophysicist in perceptual ability or something. I don't know. I don't know. Because I didn't even know got you could a title do that.
3: that. That I can't even pronounce.
2: Yeah, I didn't know you could do that, and but it was what interested him, so he did that.
3: Yeah, and it's 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 really fascinating to think in terms of any parent at this point in time being afraid that their child might not be able to read and write. Um it, the internet dictates that we need to be able to read and write and kids need their communication. Um and they communicate on such a large level compared to what we used to. I mean, they write to each other, they make movies, they make videos. They, It's, it's insane the amount of information that these kids are processing in, at any given moment compared to what we were processing. So any parent who has a fear that their child might not develop right now, you know, I got to say you need to back off and just let them be because this, This is one of those ages where your child has no choice but to develop. Everything fun in life is centered around being able to handle these technologies, and you need to be able to read and write to handle the technologies. It's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, there's an old Buddhist saying about the beginner's mind and the expert's mind, and that's that the options in the expert's mind are few, but in the beginner's mind are many and, uh, you know, you get through that education system and you've been taught that there are these five ways to solve a certain problem. So when that problem crops up, you see which one of those five ways you like best and you do it. And that's just not the way that we really should have ever lived, perhaps, but uh, it served its purpose. But I don't think it's the way that we need to live anymore. You can just look at it with fresh eyes and go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you did this? You know, And I would. The- 14-year-old kid that built the nuclear reactor in his garage.
3: I would hope that we would encourage our our younger generation now to do that because I'm 35 and I'm having to consciously unlearn all the crap that I was taught that no longer...
2: Beliefs that get buried below the surface where you don't even know you're following them until they get shoved in your face. (laughs) Until they get
3: shoved in your face and then you have to deal with them and you have to look at them and examine them and figure out how to manipulate them and make them go away and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God, let us not do this to the next generation.
2: Yes, let's not help them collect baggage and static.
3: they don't need it. They don't need the crap. They have the the intuition. They have the intelligence. Let's just let them do what they're doing because they're doing just fine.
2: I mean, my life has brought me to where I am, and I really, really, really like who I am and where I am. I really do. So I wouldn't go back and change anything. But it does beg the question, when I was rewiring light switches correctly at age three and knowing how to be safe, and then again at age five, how would uh, how would that have – who who would that have been? What – what innovations? There's no way to know. Anyway, I know we're at our time, folks. Uh, we have Mother's Day this weekend, so thoughts for the mothers. Although what I like to indeed? think about the mothers every day, but I think about mine every day, and she's not even physical anymore. So there. Um, and then on Tuesday we have Jay Groover, and on Thursday we have Joe Martino from uh, Collective Evolution that's going to come by and visit with us uh, later in the month. We have. Uh, Sal Rochelle, we have Veronica Torres again. We have the Pain Whisperer. Uh, we got great shows lined up, folks. So have a wonderful weekend. Uh, tell your mom that you love her, and uh, if you don't, tell
3: your mom that we love her.
2: If you if you don't know where she is, she's not physical. Think about that, Mother Earth, mom. Um, that you I got. was
3: just gonna say, don't forget, don't forget. That's the, the Earth mom, Prayer
2: song for the, Mother's the, Day. The
3: mom, you know, um, if the you get energy. a second, take time out on Sunday just to say, you know, thanks, Mom, for providing us with the food and the shelter and the water and and the air and all these amazing, wonderful things that yes. you've given us for so long.
2: And as the the saying goes, remember that she loves to feel your bare feet and the wind loves to play with your hair. So
3: Absolutely. You know,
2: like the little kid said about his mama in the high wind, her hair was blowing, the little kid said, Mama, your hair is dancing. So go let your hair dance. And uh, we hope to see you next Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Until then,
3: stay connected.
2: Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at Facebook.com. Forward slash everyday connection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry, subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection.